Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Hey there, on Happy Monday, it's 2.06 on the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. Jay Lynn and uh, Mr. Andrew Groves. Hi, Jay Lynn Nye. Papa G, officially. Uh, I guess so, yeah. I finally got to meet Cole over the weekend. Cole it was a brief visit. What's that? Cole being your grandson. Yes, yes, yes. Very brief visit. My daughter is much like me. We like to uh, see one another. We don't like to, uh, you know, make it a all-day ordeal. <laughs> but Posed okay. for pictures, made the kids stop crying, got in the car, went back to Edmonton. Oh. It was perfect. She's actually in the middle of moving, which is weird. That's a, well, it's a handful. I mean, if you yeah. if you just had a baby and you have to move, that's there's a lot of things going on there. Yeah, I guess that's right. A lot of balls in the air, as they say. Other than that, how was your weekend? Uh, it was pretty good. Wow, that sounded weird. Hey, This is just... Uh, What's up with you? I'm just a little overwhelmed. I'm sure it happens to everybody from time to time. This is just a very busy week with a lot of moving pieces. And uh, and for whatever reason, I'm just finding it a little overwhelming. But I'm just going to do what I always do and break it down into mm. smaller segments that I'm able to handle. So okay. for now, I'm just I, I just going to do this show. Very good. And then we're good. I have a show tonight. Oh, do you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, there's no need to go through it all, but it's just a very busy week. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Oh, very good. Very good. Your what weekend, I suppose I should ask, out of... Oh, well, yeah, it was fine. I, I, I saw you uh, tweeting, Facebook posting something. You were at uh, an, uh, an event, a function of some kind, or you were just out drinking. I don't know what you were doing <laughs> Saturday night. <laughs> Looked like a lot of empty wine bottles. There were. It was uh, a birthday party, a 55th or 60th birthday party. <laughs> you must be very close. And it was, uh, <laughs> there was 10 of us there. Could have been, a, could have been a wedding announcement. I'm not, engagement party, I'm not really yeah. sure. <laughs> there was wine. <laughs> well, the, the, the person who put on the event was a sommelier. Oh, okay. And pretty much everyone who was there is at a different level of sommelier. And then there was me and Coach who just liked to drink wine. Yeah. Uh, so it was an interesting evening because there was a menu planned and every couple had to bring a certain, we were paired with a certain food, so you had to try and figure out what would go well with oh, it. okay. Um, so I called up another friend who's a sommelier who owns a wine store and said, help! And so, yeah, the, so that was kind of the evening. You they, they had wait, this wait a second. menu. You were being judged on your ability to... No, not really judged. Oh, okay. Well, there might have been some judging going on, but at the end of it all is we had a bunch of food. We had wines that were paired with it. And then once we tasted it all, we went through and gave our thoughts on each of the wines. And these people were so good at knowing their wines, like they could tell what kind of... If it was, if the wine, if the 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 plants were were grown in loam, if they were in sand, if they were in gravel, they could tell by the flavor hmm. from the yeah. And, and and Coach and I are like, yeah, it was good. Is Coach <laughs> you know? a wine drinker? Yeah, he enjoys he he enjoys wine. Well, when did uh, having a glass of wine? And I'm not judging. I'm just curious. Yeah. When did having a glass of wine after work become a thing? And particularly, it seems among women. I, I see posts all the time from women tweets about. Can't wait to get home and have that glass of wine. Well, I think, you know, for a lot of guys, they would go home and have a beer after work, I guess right? so. And so I think for, you know, I know there's a lot of women who like beer, but uh, going home and having a glass of wine after work, kind of the same thing. Okay. 
Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's only relatively new, though, in the last five years no, or so. Well, in the last 10 years or so, though, there's been a lot more focus on what they call the benefits of, of red wine and the antioxidants and that sort of thing oh, that's, okay. that's in there, that the, the supposed or the purported I health see. benefits of a, a glass of wet, wet wine. <laughs> wet wine. Not a whole bottle <laughs> of wet wine. <laughs> I see. So it's just people looking after their health. That makes sense. Well, maybe a little bit of their mental health as well, <laughs> well yeah. depending on the day. Right, so yeah. I actually sure. had someone say to me that they, they were actually going to start having their glass of wine every day for the red wine for the benefits. I was like, oh, okay. We just never do that. It's just uh, it's not really a personal choice or anything like that. It's just not our thing. As I've told you before, I, we don't typically have any alcohol in the house, but we're not, as you well know, opposed to having a few drinks. We just don't do it at home. Mm-hmm. Never have. I, I, I don't even know why. I, I, I grew up in a family, and I remember my parents coming home and always having a, a Ryan Pepsi after work. And it oh. wouldn't be a bottle of rye. It would be a Ryan Pepsi once dinner was done, and they'd probably sit down, have their cigarette and their Ryan Pepsi, whether it was on the front patio or downstairs in the in the rec room. Mm-hmm. And that's just that, yeah. Well, you know what? My parents never drank, uh, for the most part, at home either, but they did always have a Drambuie after supper. Mm. To this day, I don't believe I've... Ever tasted? Am I even saying it right? Is Grand it Drambuie? Yeah. A, that's what a the very thick something. Drambuie is like a cognac or something. Is it? Well, don't Google it. I'm it's not that Google important. Now I need to know. But you know, I know one of the stories you wanted to talk about uh, today, sort of in in a very small way, relates to this conversation because we're thinking Made about from Scotch whiskey. Oh, is that what it is? Mm. Yeah, I seem to remember. Maybe I did taste it once, just out of pure curiosity. My parents were always. Like, oh, no, try it, try it. Oh, come to think of it, we had wine at dinner often, now that I I think about it. And in restaurants, back before they had really strict uh, alcohol uh, rules, my dad would always just say, and he'd had, you know, he had five kids, and the wine would come out, and he'd say, yeah, yeah, you just, you know, I'll need seven glasses or whatever. And waiters and waitresses never used to question that. Mm -hmm. They would just, and the kids would drink in the restaurant. It was no problem at all. I still remember the day in which a waiter refused. Saying they're not eighteen or nineteen, whatever, whatever the age. It was. Yeah, and my dad was like, "Oh, okay. Well, just put extra glasses down and I'll pour that kind of thing." It's uh, and I wonder sometimes, and I think we we might have had this conversation, you know, or different types of this conversation over the past. When you start trying to, um, maybe when you when your children start to drink, or they start telling you that they're going to drink, or you mm-hmm. find out that they're drinking. I I flew home. Uh, when I was coming back from a trip just recently with uh, two guys that were sitting beside me, we ended up talking about kids, um, and and their boys were both 17 years old. And when w- we got talking about the drinking bit, and about how the one 17 year old is drinking scotch all the time, and you know this is what they were really interested in, and. I don't remember when I was a kid. I didn't do a whole lot of drinking when I was a kid, when I was in high school, anything like that. I remember a couple of times, you know, mm-hmm. four best friends, we might, you know, sure. sneak a few beer and, you know, and that was it. But I don't remember it being a huge thing in high school for me. And and now what I hear and maybe what I'm seeing more is that it is um, well, maybe, and maybe that's a blanket statement. I'm not sure, but it seems to be there's more drinking now. Well, I, you, you hear about it, certainly at the college level, the university level, you hear about it all oh, the yeah. time, binge drinking, all that kind of thing. I always find, and again, I'm no expert on parenting, but I, I was, a, I am a parent and I was parented. I, I just found my parents never made it any big deal that there was drinking, and that's why they encouraged wine. So as you can say whatever you want to, to your kid, but it, it's usually what they observe that they learn from. Mm-hmm. And so 
to have a glass of wine with dinner made alcohol something, A, that was not a mystery, so you weren't waiting until 18, can't wait till 18, or can't wait until my dad, you know, forgets to lock the liquor cabinet, I'm going to try it. It was no mystery to us, so yeah. therefore there was no big deal at 18 that that's it, I'm going to go out and drink. Uh, drinking responsibly was something my parents did all along. It, I find it to be the same thing as, and you know, I, I can't help but throw somebody under the bus here, um, without naming names. Um, I know somebody who just recently had a baby, and I was down visiting them over the weekend. <laughs> and and during the conversation, um, both parents dropped the f bomb in front of the baby. Uh-huh. And and I just said, you know, that's something you probably should think about not doing. And uh, both said, well, it's a baby. They go, yeah, but at what on what day? If you could pull out a calendar and point to the day in which that child will understand what you just said, or just repeat it because you've said it, right? Like just you know, you never know when children start observing something and habits are hard to break and if you it's better to ha- form the habit now i believe of not swearing in front of your children and not making it commonplace because you don't know the day that your child drops an f bomb at the dinner table will be the day that you realize they've been listening to you all along <laughs> you know, and then, then it's too hard to say well, that they that's wrong listening about 15 years right later, they so. stop listening after a time as well but it's just you know you get in the habit of of demonstrating good behavior. Um, it's not appropriate to be dropping the F-bomb all the time. It's not appropriate to be binge drinking. It's There's there's just stuff that you you do that your kids observe, and, and it's just, I don't know. I find time and time again that parents are like, well, I don't know where they heard that kind of language. Well, they heard it from you, actually. Or I don't know why. And, and the opposite is true, too. If you keep alcohol completely away from your child and know it's it's mm-hmm. wrong and bad and and you don't talk about sex i mean just all these things that you say are taboo they're going to be so curious they're more appealing yeah that they're going to want to explore those things right away like i remember you know bottles of baby duck and spumante bambino and mom and dad having people over and we'd get a little tiny taste of it and that was kind of exciting but it wasn't something that i thought oh okay yeah a little tiny like a teaspoon of creme de menthe on your ice cream yeah but that was yeah i don't know i just uh, I, i was surprised when i was was talking with these two guys uh, just about uh, about their kids and about uh, the way it was and the, how just alcohol was uh, a, a thing and, and, and now learning more from, from my boys too as well as a little bit more now that they're older what they were up to then sure, that yeah. we didn't know about, right? And well, again, you know, I didn't do a lot of that stuff in high school, so... It was, uh, it's funny uh, you mentioned that. On the way, we all went down as a group, you know, the, as a family, mm-hmm. the four of us, and in the car we had one of the most interesting, entertaining conversations um, on the way back because we'd just been exposed to two new parents with their new child, and now we're just talking about parents, and Mm -hmm. the kids were in the back seat, and I say kids, they're both adults now, but they were basically confessing to everything they did that we didn't know about or uh, things that, you know, that they told us that weren't quite true. It was a great conversation. And, and even it's too late to punish them for skipping school in, you know, fifth grade or lying to us about whatever. But I, for me, it was just really a great conversation, given that they feel that they can openly talk about it. That, and, but that's yeah. neat when that does happen yeah. in a relationship with your parents. And 
if it ever happens, some I, I think some some parents and children uh, relationship maybe never have that. But I remember that specifically when it switched yeah. to, to being actually now having an adult conversation and and being and able parents, to laugh about especially things. Especially my dad, my dad and I being able to sit down and talk as as two adults about what whatever it was and respect each other's opinions and yep. you know call each other out on on things and <laughs> that's uh, that's an interest that's that's it's a lovely spot to get to. It takes it, a while, but it's a lovely spot to get to. It is. One of the things uh, the kids wanted to know was, when they skipped school, how was I always able to find them? <laughs> because for some reason, and and we've just never had the conversation, it was we laughed about it in the car, because I installed software on your phones. That's how. <laughs> <laughs> they were, oh, is it still on there? No, 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 long gone, long gone. <laughs> you installed software? I did. Uh, Telus at the time, they were both uh, Telus customers, had something called Child Find. And I thought it was a great idea. The idea was that if your child was missing, abducted, anything like that, that you could log on without their permission. They didn't have to push a button uh, in order okay. to, to send a distress call from your phone as the holder of the account, which I was and still am. I could turn it on on their phones remotely and see exactly where they were. But I never told them that's how I found them. They didn't see a little app or something nothing, on there? Nothing. nothing alerts them that I'm looking. The idea being, again, if the phone's stolen, whatever, you don't want the thief to know. Right? That kind of thing. So it's interesting. It's not on their phones anymore. Yeah, sure. Well, tell us uh, got rid of it. I'm not even sure why. Might have been some kind of invasion or privacy <laughs> situation. <laughs> it is uh, 2.23 on the 6.30 Ched afternoon news. Uh, this story caught my attention. There's a few today that caught mm -hmm. my attention. want to know what you think about this. This is uh, out of South Carolina where a high school teacher... Um, says she's been forced to resign after a student took her phone and circulated a nude picture of her. So there was a nude picture of, uh, of her on the phone, which apparently she said that she took for her husband for Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. uh, left the room. The kids got into the, the phone. Well, one kid got one into kid the phone. One kid got into yeah. the phone. Uh, all that sort of stuff. Now, the twist in this story is this, is that this phone had been used. She allowed students to use this phone in the past. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a twist or smoke, depending on how you look at it, because she had certainly not allowed the students to use the phone to dig through her pictures before no. or to fire up her apps or to communicate with people that were on her contact list. She had allowed students in the past to use the phone with or without permission, I'm not sure, to make calls. Uh, the primary purpose of a phone. Mm -hmm. But this 16-year-old uh, class uh, student of hers picked up the phone. She wasn't in the classroom at the time. He starts opening apps and getting, you know, looking through it. And and really, why was he doing that? He wasn't expecting to find anything. He was doing it for that specific reason. I wonder what picture he she's got on her phone. Probably, yeah. yeah. And he struck gold. There's a nude picture of his teacher, which he then turns around and sends to other people, mm -hmm. who then turn around and send it to other people, and the teacher loses her job. That's right. That's ridiculous that's a that's an obvious invasion of privacy i don't know why the article isn't about what's going to happen to the student you know whether or not you allow a student or anybody else if i lend, lend you my phone 
Am I expecting you to go through my gallery pictures? No. I, you know, are you going to go through my contacts and steal some of the phone numbers in there? Are you going to you know, use that app to yeah, see where my kids but are? The possibility, knowing that the possibility that something like that could happen. If, you, if, if you're, and it could happen whether or not um, the teacher allowed uh, the students access to her phone. If she, if she yeah. sat there and it was on there, someone could have snitched it, picked it up, gone through it, whatever. Or, but the fact is, it was sitting there. It had been allowed to be used in the past. Mm-hmm. The possibility is there that your sexy picture could be found. And I couldn't agree with you more. And that falls under the category of bad judgment. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that you're not qualified to teach these kids. That doesn't mean that you should resign over bad judgment. I'd like to find the person who hasn't had a little bit of bad judgment, hasn't exercised some bad judgment in their entire life. Uh, It's just so ridiculous to me that this teacher was brought in, told they have the option of resigning or basically being fired, took the option of resigning. So you've lost a teacher now, a teacher who apparently, quite a good teacher, quite a popular teacher, because 3,000 students have now signed Signed a a petition petition asking for her to be returned all over the actions of a 16-year-old who clearly, not only should he not have been invading her privacy but going through those gallery pictures, but he actually found a picture and rather than say, oh my goodness, I shouldn't have seen that, uh, decided that he distributed it. And it got even worse because color copies of the picture were placed in her mailbox as well with notes on the back. So as you mentioned, so the, the superintendent said the teacher shares responsibility because she had allowed students to use her phone in the past. It became a regular piece of equipment that they used in the classroom. Knowing that, why did she put the photograph on the cell phone? So the student discovered it. His office learned of the episode. Uh, She was confronted with the information, was told that she could either resign or face, quote, due process procedures, and she tendered her resignation the next day. Ridiculous. Uh, She, of course, is saying the whole premise of her privacy being invaded is completely ignored. Yeah, and you know, when you think about if you've allowed students to use the phone before, perhaps to text their parents to say, I'm going to be late or yeah. to phone and whatever, that's one thing. But I, to me, I see it like this, and possibly this is a reach, but let's say that I routinely loan you my car. And and that's never been a problem. You always gas it up before you bring it back. But you know what? The keychain contains uh, the key to my house as well. Mm-hmm. And it's always been on there. And I've always let you have that keychain. So one day you decide, well, you know what? I'm just going to go to Andrew's house, unlock the front door, and go through his uh, personal items. And, oh, I found a picture. You know, is that not the same thing? The purpose of loaning the phone to the students in the past was to make phone calls. It was never to go through her mm-hmm. pictures. And, you know... Why it comes down to a teacher losing their job over the actions, isn't the real culprit here the student? Yes, and he and the superintendent is saying uh, that that student may be severely punished by law enforcement. Maybe, but this... Maybe, as well but, by the school district. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. But she's already been forced to resign. Sure, sure. So, you know, maybe he, maybe he, the police will do something. Now, meanwhile, what have you done? Fired the teacher. Yeah, oh, yeah. He, but he goes on to say, this is the strange part, he goes on to say... Uh, I could care less about what kind of pictures she has on her cell phone. But once students gain access to it, that becomes and still remains the big issue. Gains access to it illegally. Yeah. And again, should she have had a picture on her phone without the phone being locked or allowed? Probably not. But that falls under the category of some bad judgment. It doesn't cost you your job, I wouldn't think. Well, as she said, it wasn't like it was her cover photo. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Want to read some of your comments? 
about this story before we move on to something else. Uh, and the story <laughs> is a teacher in South Carolina uh, had a, a sexy picture of herself on her phone. She took for her husband for Valentine's Day. Uh, some students, or a student, got into her phone, downloaded it, shared it. She ha- was forced to resign. Resign. We're still waiting to see what happens to the kid. And, and Who's the big, to blame here? Yeah, and the big boss at the school, as you said earlier, just I was spitting. I couldn't talk. <laughs> I said, uh, you know, he doesn't care. He doesn't, he doesn't give care a care what pictures yeah. are on the phone. Yeah, uh, uh, clearly he does. <laughs> clearly he does. And then to say, well, law enforcement may pursue this. Oh, okay. So you're going you're to allow law enforcement to possibly pursue the misconduct of your student, but your teacher's out of work. Mm-hmm. Come on. Uh, some of your texts uh, say, this is from Fox Vegas, allow the teacher to teach here in Alberta. She sounds like she cares and was only trying to help her students. More than what I can say for a few <laughs> that I know, only after a paycheck, not the extra mile that makes great teacher. Ian says they might have been using the phone to look stuff up on Google. That's true. If teachers are all supposed to be innocent angels and the adult entertainment industry is in trouble, the kids stole the image the teacher shouldn't be responsible. Exactly. And Ron says a teacher that doesn't know about passwords? Yeah, question mark? sure. But she was allowing and had allowed the students from time to time to use her phone when they didn't have a phone. So that's the reason it wasn't password protected. Isn't that bullying, says Woody? I think so. Yeah, it could. I mean, we have seen that, and it has been called that uh, when we're dealing with students to students. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Shame on the student. Total invasion of privacy. I'm sure the teacher allowed student to use the cell phone as a communication device and not for media options. This is an example of a young person not thinking of the repercussions of their stupid actions. If I were the teacher and this kid invaded my privacy and broke my trust, I would have lost my job for another reason. (laughs) It's from Alamo the park. Yeah, there you go. Right, so... You know, there's so many stories here that I just would love to bite into, so it doesn't matter to which me. Which one? Where we go next? Well, it doesn't matter to me because there's so many that I... And maybe it's just my frame of mind this week. I'm just angry or something, but... <laughs> <laughs> the parents separated from the child on the Air Canada flight. How about that? Yeah, I saw that one over the weekend, and I thought, this is one we need to talk about. And I'll tell you something. There has been times that I've gone on a, on a flight somewhere, and I've seen uh, families scrambling to try to get all seated together. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're having difficulties because sometimes they have to move five people or whatever. It's a full flight. It can be yep. a real, real challenge. Part of me says, well, why don't you just book it all like that and make sure that the travel agent knows or when you go in to check in you get all seats together don't wait for last minute just to show up but having said that yes if you are putting a dad on one seat and a three-year-old in a row eight eight rows back that's asinine yeah and here we go again so it's a mother's facebook post that got these things this uh, conversation going as it oftentimes is it was a three-year-old daughter she was seated several rows apart on an air canada flight this past week uh among other toronto families they haven't actually returned yet as far as i know and air canada has said on the way back they'll all be together now air canada actually has a program which identifies families and puts them together automatically when they haven't or makes every effort to put them together automatically when they haven't reserved seats together. Um, But in this case, Air Canada was not aware of the fact it was a three-year-old. Now, at that point, let let me ask you this, because I think we might be on the opposite side on this one. It's not that big a deal, but it's the kind of thing that just 
gets to me because I've had those experiences now, not with the three-year-old, but I've had those experiences where a couple doesn't book their uh, seats in advance because they don't want to pay the 25 bucks or 50 bucks or whatever. You've got the window seat that you paid for. And then guy or girl comes up and tells you a sob story about how they want you to move to the middle seat that she's got. And, and my answer is no, is no. And and I have in the past said, well, if you want to come up with, uh, you know, the money, the money, I'll consider it. I'd like to make a profit on this if I could, because I paid for the seat. Now, usually when there's a situation of family members, um, the airline and regardless of what airline will make an announcement or will come to your seat and say, we've got this situation. Would you be prepared to move in order to accommodate this family? Now, I've never seen a three year old on their own. And as to why. The passengers on either side of the three-year-old didn't volunteer to give up their seat. I can't That's say. That's a whole other part it, of the story. It right is there. a whole other part of the story. But, you know, you go to Facebook. You try and shame Air Canada. Um, but the facts are you didn't pay the money to ensure that your child would be sitting next to you when you're traveling with a three-year-old. You just hoped that Air Canada would do it for you. Number two, the travel agent didn't identify the passenger as a child. Mm-hmm. So Air Canada didn't know about it. Um, I would assume that Air Canada made an effort to try and move the child, but were unable to because other people refused to move. Why does somebody who pays the money to get a specific seat have to move? I would for a three-year-old, but why should they have to move? Because you didn't have the foresight to pay extra to have your child next to you. That's my question. Mm -hmm. So to me, there's all kinds of, I don't want to say blame, but there's all kinds of responsibility here. But the number one responsibility is with the parent. You're traveling with a three-year-old. You didn't, it wasn't worth but the, thing the is, 50 is bucks like, or 75 bucks to make sure you traveled with them. Even when you're signing into Air Canada and you book, book the flights and it'll say, which seat would you like? Yeah. I like a window seat. This is the one that I'm going to pick. And you, somebody, you don't have to pay added ones for the fancy seats. Well, yes and no. I mean, typically when you book a flight in WestJet or Air Canada, you can pay right then for the seat you want. When it comes to 24 hours before departure, you can change your seat, but it's only what's available. So I'm assuming on this flight, Toronto, a popular route, there was probably nothing but middle seats. So they did say to the gate agent, not to the gate agent, to the check-in agent, well, listen, I've got this three-year-old. The gate agent, or the check-in agent, sorry, at that point wasn't able to change anything because boarding passes have been issued. So he or she said, they'll try and fix it for you at the gate which they often do. And I would assume, again, assume, that they made some announcement that we maybe need somebody to move and nobody stepped up. Yeah, but the, the strange thing is, is I don't travel, you know, I, it seems like we're on different things here now. I know you can you can pay more to have a, a better seat or, yeah. you know, that sort well, of stuff. Well, not necessarily a better seat. But you, no, I, I... You can pay to get a specific seat when you book the flight. Yeah, no, I book a specific seat and don't yeah. have to pay for it. Oh you don't well, have to pay it, for it when it's right there, right? When, when I'm booking my flight, it's ah, right there. Well, if I, you, want, yeah. I want a window seat. That's the one I pick right there. Okay, it depends. I mean, I, I you know, I'm, I'm trying to remember the last few flights that I've booked. I've been given the option to pick my seats, and there's been a charge for yeah. it. So it might depend on what credit cards you're using. It might depend on the airline. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But typically, if you want a specific seat at the time of booking, it's offered to you at a, a price. 25 bucks, I'm going to say, 50 bucks possibly outside. I can't remember. I always do it because I just don't want to be in a middle seat unless it's a short flight and then I don't really care. But I, I have four hours to Toronto. I, I don't want to be sitting in the oh, middle seat. Oh, I'd rather seat. sit anywhere but a uh, middle seat. Yeah, exactly. That's why I make sure, you know, it's it's 12.05 when you can check in. I'm yep. the day before. I make sure that I'm on there and everything I, is all I, done and good to go. Right? I, I, I do that as to. well. But I've had people, I've gone on there and said, you're in my seat. Well, you know, I'm just, I'm really tired. I want the window seat. And I said, I'm really tired and I want the window seat. You're going to have to move. 
I, I don't I can sleep. I, yeah. like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. No, sorry. Move I, it. I just have no sympathy. I, I mean, I have sympathy for a three-year-old child who's not able to be with their parent. I have no sympathy for the parent who didn't make any arrangements to be with their child. And, and you know, not everybody, I, I'm not even looking at the texting page, but I'm assuming, well, not everybody can afford the extra money. Well, if you can afford a flight, can't you afford 25 more dollars for, And, and here's you know. the thing. If you're going through a travel agent, let's say, because you're booking whatever, they would, you'd put it in there. You would think so. Together, right? Now, the other side of the story is the one of, okay, well, why did no... Yeah. You know, although you here I somebody. am saying that, oh, no, I wouldn't give up my window seat. But if it was a three-year-old kid, I probably would give up my window seat. If it's a 25-year-old girl or guy, I'm not going to. But a three-year-old kid? Yeah. Right? Well, let's assume that they had uh, really bad seats because they didn't... We know that they didn't pre-book the seats. So let's guess, then, that they have all... The family has all middle seats. So now they've come and said, we've got a three-year-old, eight rows back, and a middle seat. You're in the window seat that you paid for. Would you switch with the father's middle seat so that he can have your window seat to sit with his child? I mean, the, I don't want to travel with a three-year-old for four hours either, although I'd... I mean, I'd probably find that a little entertaining, but... Um, I, I'd have to hesitate as well. Is the airline going to do something for mm-hmm. me? Can I get a free upgrade on my return flight? Something. I mean, it's not my fault. I, I booked and paid for that window seat. Yeah. Well, we saw it even coming back from Mexico. There was a, a yeah. couple. They were in their 20s, and ooh, they didn't get seats together, and they lost it. Yeah. And there was a big to-do, and next thing you know, they were huffing and puffing. and I know, but we had the opportunity... Yeah. To book those. We Absolutely. booked our seats. Carol and I booked. Yeah. And we paid a little, a small premium for it, but yeah. we got our seats together. Yeah. It's just, come on. I know. I, I The thing is, it's a three-year-old, right? I mean, I. Woody says, I'm guessing these people book last minute. Possibly. Steve-O says, every time I've booked a flight online, I've had, uh, I've had to input the age of each passenger. Air Canada knew how old the kid was. That's what Steve says. Well, Air Canada says the booking came through a travel agent and, and that that information was not filled out. Right. Um... Carmen says, I never pay extra for seats, but I always check in 24 hours before traveling. Never had a problem sitting together as a family, and that's five of us. Even if we haven't been able to select seats, we check in the airport 90 minutes ahead and have never had a problem. What time did this family arrive at the airport to check in? And I guess that's what I'm getting at. And again, I don't want to, you know, in any way cast. I understand a parent wants to be with the child. And, I, I, you know, the, uh, clearly the three-year-old is not, not the problem. My problem is you make no prior arrangements while traveling with the three-year-old, and then it somehow becomes everybody else's fault. It's the airline's fault. It's the pastor who wouldn't get up's fault. It's everybody's fault but yours. You're the only one traveling with the three-year-old. You're the one who booked it yeah. or your travel agent. Right. Deal with that. Exactly. And I mean, I would have thought as a parent, if I got the confirmation from the travel agent and it didn't have assigned seats, I would phone right mm-hmm. away and say, wait a second, do we have assigned seats? Because mm-hmm. I'm traveling with the three-year-old. So... It's a good question. When did they book it? So they never looked at their paperwork. They never did anything about it. And what did they do? They went to Facebook, which annoys me as well. Let's publicly shame Air Canada for my oversight. Hi, who's this? Hello. Hey, who's this? Carrie. Hi, Carrie. What's on your mind? I have one for you. We had a senior couple with us in Mexico. We left earlier, and they went two weeks later after us to come home went to the airport, they had their seats, they had their tickets, they had everything, got to the airport, was told, and another, there was other ones too, was told that that flight had been cancelled, and they had to buy another ticket on another airline, and they were told that 
the airline that they had the tickets with, had notified them. They left a message on their phone at home and something on their computer. Well, they're in Mexico. They mm-hmm. don't know that. So well, how do you like that one? Well, sure, that's a whole other ordeal. And what I thought you were going to say, which happens has happened to me over mm-hmm. the years many times, is that the airline doesn't sell enough tickets and switches equipment. And I've had that before where I've already paid for my seat. I'm, I'm expecting to be on one size of aircraft. I'm now on another, and I've been separated from my travel companion because there isn't enough seats to put everybody together. I mean, those are areas where I would have a problem with this with the airline. But this one is a real doozy because well, sure. they're at the airport in Mexico, yep. and they can't get home. They have to buy another ticket on wow. another airline to get home. Well, the difference between the three stories would be your story, my story, the airline's the culprit. Mm-hmm. In the story, <laughs> yeah, in the story we're talking about, I just don't see Air Canada as the culprit here. No, I don't either. But but with this one, I think airlines have to be a little more. They have to take a little more responsibility. You can't do that to people. You know, you go to get on an airplane that you think you're going mm-hmm. home, get there and find out you can't get on the airplane. It's no longer. Can you imagine? What a horrible way to end it your was. vacation. It was horrible because he's yeah. a senior in a wheelchair. Too. Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> okay. All right. Appreciate the call. Thanks, Carrie. Well, this one has a lot of you riled up. No kidding. I did see one text. I, I won't be able to find it. My eyesight. I can read them so bad. It was about, uh, well, maybe not everyone's as travel savvy as you. They booked it through a travel agent. (laughs) Regardless of when they booked it, whether it was last minute or a year in advance, you know the travel agent would have asked. They're pretty travel savvy. They would have said, well, if you want to sit together, it's this. I mean, travel agents are always trying to upsell you. So they would have been, well, did you want to get seat selection now? What travel agent doesn't ask? So... You know, they would have probably said... Do you said, have a preference for your yeah, seats? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's standard. Yeah. Some of your texts, I'm surprised anyone would want to sit next to a three-year-old that's unsupervised. Why wouldn't you want to ensure the child is taken care of and behave for the flight? I'd give up my seat. I love naps, even if it's on a crowded, on a crowded flight. That probably won't happen next to a small child. Sean says, if I do anything out of the ordinary, I make absolute certain that the issues are taken care of. Wouldn't want my kids to be scared of air travelers, especially if they had to sit beside you jokers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a friend of mine, her daughter was on a school trip when this daughter was bumped from the flight home 16 years old on a school trip in california she was bumped do you know uh (laughs) along those lines and this was years ago and i don't know what airline sorry i had to cough there um my brother's daughter was on a school trip and the the flight got canceled for whatever reason Uh weather or whatever and they put them up in hotels and they doubled up and they put her and she was 15 or 16 with a boy oh boy yeah, and she phoned my brother to say, uh, they've put me in a mo and my brother lost it, and they did make other arrangements, but man, how do you put two teenagers together in a motel room in a, in a city? Yeah, there's a good idea. Yeah, wow. There'll be another lawsuit for yeah. a couple other things down the road. Adam says it's not Air Canada's problem. Don't let the parents off the hook. I'd get right back on Facebook and let that mother know exactly what I think of her forethought as a parent. You know, it's uh, here's the funny thing about Facebook, because typically who follows you on Facebook are friends and relatives. So you put up there that you've just been done wrong. You've been wronged by Air Canada and your friends and relatives jump on board and tell you what a great mother you are and how horrible Air Canada is. And you, you feel better about yourself and, and it sort of relieves you of any responsibility. But then it goes viral and becomes a media story. And that's when other people who don't love you as uh-huh. much step up and go, wait a second. And that's exactly what's happening with this story. Wait a second. Get your checkbook out next time. Get your visa out. Pay to have the kids sitting next to you. 
It's really just as simple as that. And Air Canada is, as I say, putting them together for the return flight as a sign of good faith. And, of course, more than 200 parents have since commenting on the post, sharing their own stories of separation during flights. Yeah, it happens. I was always relieved when the airline put my kids somewhere else. Come on. I did one time get yeah, okay. upgraded. And then we have to get the child find app. Yeah, so exactly. Well, they're somewhere on the plane. I, I got, uh, Carol and I got bumped up to first class one time back when Canadian Airlines was a thing. Yeah. And you could, you know, you, if you were a frequent flyer, they would offer those seats to you when they were overbooked. But we were traveling with two kids. So I went up and got the boarding pass for whatever their first class was, business class, came back down, sat down. And Carol was like, well, what about the kids? I'm like, yeah, they're fine. And I, they couldn't have been more than five or six at the time. And you know what? They were fine. It was a massive adventure for them. They're now traveling alone, basically, on the flight. We're enjoying champagne up front, but we went back and checked on them from time to time. They can't go anywhere. They're on a flight. Where are they going to go? You're such an interesting parent. Hmm. I'm not perfect. (laughs) First class is first class. (laughs) We're coming up to the 3 o'clock news right here on 6.30. Chad just had this text that came in saying a bad accident uh, eastbound 119th Street and Kingsway Avenue. Only right lane is open, so heads up if you're in that area. On the other side of 3 o'clock, we're going to check in with the guys from Blindman Brewing. Brewery. Blind Man Brewing down in Lacombe. They uh, launched their new brewery uh, less than a year ago. It's doing really, really well. So we'll talk about that and craft beers after 3.30. Then at 4.20, don't forget your chance. Your chance to get qualified for that Guns N' Roses show in Las Vegas. We'll do that at 4.20.